0: Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast.
1: Oh, woo! Woo!
0: This show is brought to you by NitroPack.io, the all in one solution for performance optimization of your client sites, and Captcha for WP plugin from WP White Security that lets you easily integrate Google Captcha on your client's Woo shops. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's join Kathy, Brad, and now our new ongoing co host Dave as they chat with Sebastian Pepa from dpay. This is quite a story behind dpay and how it grew out of a hackathon and moved into Web3 payments. As part of this series, we've been doing a lot on crypto payments. We get past the hype and drama and really drill into what this means for WooCommerce and the future.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Do The Woo. I'm one of the uh, your co-hosts, Brad Williams, joined again uh, by Kate, Kathy Zant. Hey, Kathy, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great. Good to talk to you again, Brad.
2: Yeah, likewise. I'm looking forward to continuing our series in the world of crypto and everything that crypto and blockchains means, especially to store owners and builders. Uh, of course, we have Dave Loki back here in studio with us. What's up, Dave? Yo, yo, yo.
1: Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, excited. Obviously, see haven't misbehaved enough on previous episodes. You're still here.
2: We'll see how long that lasts. But as of right now, you're still here. Now, Bob has pretty good editing skills, so I can't promise you'll actually be in the episode. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to, to, to jump in. We got a uh, an awesome guest here. Uh, let's bring him on. Sebastian uh, Pop- Papa, is that correct?
4: It's Papa. Yeah, like paper without the R. Thanks for having me, Brett.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on, Sebastian. So Sebastian, you're the founder of a company called Dpay, dpay.com, right? So why don't you kind of give us the the big elevator pitch, the high-level overview. What is Dpay and what is it you, you built over there?
4: Um I will start with a story a little bit. Like when I decided to build Dpay, that was at a hackathon, uh, actually one of the biggest in the space um, in 2020. But that's not when I started uh, building in the blockchain space like the origin story is that there was a headline in TechCrunch in 2018 and it stated we are bringing Magic the Gathering to the blockchain. And the entire concept of di- digital ownership uh, ultimately made me decide to go down the the crypto rabbit hole. On one hand, I was already playing Magic the Gathering as a kid. I'm not sure if you're aware of the the game. Yeah, yeah. And On the other hand, I always wanted to explore blockchain technologies more anyway. So in 2018, I started deciding building in the space. One of the first things that I've ever built in the blockchain space was an NFT exchange. Unfortunately, it was not OpenSea. Unfortunately not. (laughs) And then the DeFi summer happened. Uh, And for the people that don't know or don't remember what happened in the DeFi summer, it was in, in summer 2020. And that's when... Most of the decentralized finance protocols that we know today were born.
1: Seb, so give, give us the name of some of those protocols, just for people who might...
4: Ah, uh, Uniswap, Aave, Balancer, basically a lot of money Lego that we're building on today have been born in 2020. And Dpay is an example of, of what have been, has been built on top of, of those protocols
1: and what would you how would you describe DeFi for somebody that's just heard that term?
4: Oh, it's it's like money Lego, it's like interoperable pieces of technology, often also referenced as smart contracts, that allow you to execute something on a distributed ledger or world computer, however you want to call that.
1: So give me give me an example. Tell me what um, Uniswap if I go <clears throat> go to Uniswap, connect my wallet, what can I do?
4: Well, you can convert tokens. Nowadays, you even can convert tokens into NFTs too. So it's just about about trading or converting or exchanging things ultimately.
1: And the key difference there being that there's no centralized counterparty. You're not trading like with a like a bank or with a foreign exchange desk. You're just trading with other people that want to trade at the same time is
4: is that well ultimately you're interacting with the blockchain but yeah you're trading with or exchanging with other people peer-to-peer which is the most important part about blockchains is that they are inherently decentralized and they're inherently peer-to-peer they try try to cut out the middleman for all of what they offer on chain
2: and that's one of the big benefits. It's not the only benefit. And obviously, benefits are going to vary by who's you know looking at it and further implementation. But one of the big benefits of uh, just crypto in general is that decentralization, right? And we've talked about it on a few of the past episodes in crypto about how this could really open the doors for you know e-commerce stores, builders, and countries that maybe don't have easy access to credit card merchant or some other way to accept funds. Crypto is an amazing option for them in allowing these stores to actually sell product when maybe they wouldn't have been able to
4: sell stuff online otherwise
1: perfect sorry to uh, derail your story sir.
4: Uh, no problem so after the DeFi summer and realizing that the components required to have like a one-click payment experience in in the decentralized web or often referenced to as web 3 was now available and that's when I started building d on, on top of those protocols that we just mentioned uh, at that hackathon.
2: It's an ambitious project coming out of a hackathon, I got to say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you, usually it's like a meme so, generator well, or something silly, and he's over here <laughs> building like, uh, how you can accept every possible crypto in your store.
4: It's a, a very intense time uh, and experience, and it's really good to evaluate an idea in a very short amount of time, I I have built other companies in the past and I have to say that a hackathon allows you to get feedback from an industry very quickly because it's such an intense amount of things happening in a very short amount of time, including trying to build a first prototype. They force you, you're forced to build a prototype in a very short amount of time. Usually, if you build a business, you take forever to release a product.
2: Yeah, you're just trying to get that MVP, that minimum viable product, something that someone can actually kick the tires on and say, this is this is good or this isn't good or whatever. Like you said, that real-time kind of feedback. But I love hackathons. You don't hear about it as much, obviously, in the last couple of years with um, you know, just being able to get together in person and that not happening as, as often as it did prior. Uh, but it's great to hear that these things are still happening. They're probably starting to make a bit of a comeback, I would hope, because um, good things come out of this. I remember doing hackathons, I mean, even over a decade ago, um, and just in an entire weekend, build a whole startup, a build a whole you know site or solution. It's It's a lot of fun.
1: Surely you're not that old, Brad. A decade. <laughs> you must have been in school, right? I'm not doing hackathons like I used to. I can tell you that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so the idea was stemmed, and you started building this at the hackathon. Were you able to get a, a, a functional product, product, or, or something working during that hackathon for people to actually check out?
4: Yeah, to, to, totally. Like the, the the first prototype already managed to provide all the basic functionality that we still offer today. At a very minimal level, but all the functionalities were there, um, to name a few, Um, handling and incorporating crypto wallets into the entire experience, um, doing conversion through decentralized exchanges, allowing for an auto conversion when you perform payments, routing those payments, and tracking those payments while having the entire payment itself being settled on-chain, peer-to-peer, from one wallet to another, from you to a merchant or any customer to any merchant.
1: That is a crazy achievement for a, for a hackathon man. He's just like insane.
4: <laughs> I have to say it was a monthly hackathon, though. It's typically hackathons last a weekend or a week, this, the, this hackathon is actually a full month of hacking.
1: That makes me feel a bit better about my life. Because
2: I, I was thinking the weekend build too. I was like, you did this in a weekend? Like,
4: Yeah, that's, that's
2: crazy. <laughs> no. Yeah, really cool. I mean, so, so talk to us about kind of where you're at today. I mean, the, it, it seems like the goal of DePay is just essentially make it very easy for merchants, builders, you know, store owners, WooCommerce or otherwise to accept crypto payments. Is that kind of the goal of, of your service and your product?
4: That's Correct. On, on one hand, we are building self-hostable software so that we are not becoming the intermediary so people can host the majority of the software themselves to have those payments being computed because on blockchain, it's all about instructions. It's a world computer, right? You need to build those instructions in order for having some something happen on the blockchain. And in our case, it's... Computing an instruction that potentially includes a conversion to fulfill a payment. Let's make an example quickly. Like let's, let's start with, with fiat money because most people know fiat money. Like let's say we have euro and dollar and somebody wants to pay a merchant and the merchant wants to receive dollar, but you only have euro. Then how typically work is that you would need to convert that through a foreign currency exchange. And you would have multiple intermediary providers to fulfill all of those little tasks. On a blockchain, you have smart contracts and programs and protocols that allow you to fulfill the same functionalities by computing an instruction that just invokes all of those programs. So on a blockchain, that would just look like, take the euro out of the customer's wallet convert it to USD and send the USD to the merchant. And what's so important is that all of this happens in a single transaction, meaning that nobody is exposed to volatility because if volatility would happen in that split second, the transaction would be reverted. It's atomic. The entire transaction happens in a whole or not at all, which is a very interesting fact for the technology itself, especially when it comes to conversion.
1: And that's a clear advantage over traditional payment methods where you typically need to wait at least 24 hours before you can get a fiat payment settled by a payment processor to your bank. With DPay, you're basically saying that the instant a consumer pays and it, that is settled on chain, it's in your wallet for that same amount.
4: Correct. It's It's also a lot of the, I would say, Older crypto payment solutions have the same problem. If you take a cryptocurrency that is volatile, let's say Ethereum, and the merchant wants to receive a stable coin like USDC, then in a classic scenario where you have the intermediary and you don't have instant conversion through DeFi, somebody has the risk of the volatility of the asset being converted in the intermediary's treasury to arrive at the account of the merchant at that provider, somebody has the risk of the the volatility. If you entirely do this on chain through decentralized finance, then nobody's exposed to that volatility.
2: Yeah, I mean, it really, it it, it just hearing it and discussing it and kind of understanding it. I mean, what are the downsides, or are there downsides? Because honestly, it doesn't. It, it sounds like it's purely upside, right? You're you're giving more payment opportunities, more people, different ways, you know, you accept a lot of different cryptocurrencies and we can talk about that, but uh, you're making it easier for people to pay how they want to pay, right? And then you're receiving the funds that you want to receive and, and, the, and the type of funds you want. So is there a downside to this? It, it almost seems like a no-brainer that every store should look to implement something like this.
4: I would say there are limitations, not necessarily downsides. Often there are discussions around non-custodial versus custodial solutions we are an entirely non-custodial solution it means that we don't have what's called the power of disposal over your funds at no time because everything happens on chain wallet to wallet but this often people think that that means that they are also self-custodian over their funds which is not necessarily true because in for in our example you can have dpay pay into a custodial wallet DPA is just a part on chain. It depends on you, what wallet you're connecting. If it's a non-custodial wallet like MetaMask or an entirely full custodial wallet like the Coinbase custodial wallet, it doesn't, for us, it doesn't matter.
1: It's just an address.
4: Yeah, it's just an address, correct. There is one example for where you might not be allowed to use it. And this affects... For example, listed companies in the States, they are not allowed to hold crypto at no time in their books. So they need to rely on an intermediary to convert that into fiat so that they have zero exposure to holding crypto at no time. Those publicly listed US companies, for example, are not allowed to use such a solution. But we're seeing regulations in that regard vanishing, for example, uh, one of the first centralized banks uh, start having up to 2% holdings in crypto. And we I, we believe that that's going to affect even publicly listed companies in the States.
1: So one of the key limitations is, for, for Deepay, I'm talking about specifically here, because you only deal with payments in the crypto realm, like you don't have fiat on and off ramps, is that merchants who want to accept payments from consumers can only get paid through Dpay by people who are on ramped already to crypto. Now, I know you said reasonably well, well enough to know that you'd have thought about this. So I am interested to hear your thoughts.
4: It's totally correct. Like when it comes to fear, that's where we can't offer solutions. Um I personally believe you shouldn't necessarily deal with crypto payments when you don't plan to eventually deal with the technology or eventually become a self-custodian long-term. Also, in regards to fiat, we don't know yet how CBDCs are going to turn out because if CBDC is going to turn out to be exactly like we know tokens today, then there's not going to be a difference in the future. If the dollar or the euro eventually going to come on chain as a CBDC, you're going to have the same functionalities that we offer today, but into the dollar or into the euro instead of a stable coin that is just packed by that fiat currency. So long term, that might not even be a problem, but you're right. Today, we are limited when it comes to an automatic conversion to fiat and trying to get those funds into your bank account. So
1: and we see this a lot. Like for most businesses, it makes sense to have. Uh, crypto payment processing as an alternative or an additional payment method uh, with that balance being dependent on the specific business but uh, just to like play this back make sure i've got it right the people that you think deep pay is optimized for are merchants who are building for the future and have conviction that crypto is exploit the beachhead that it's got now to become more of the financial services network that a, a merchant will need. And I guess like a good example of how a merchant might be a good fit for that now is if they are making uh, significant volumes of international remittance. Like they are selling in the US, but they have suppliers in China. So if they're receiving a proportion of their funds in in fact, let's not say China, let's say a um, non-specific Southeast Asian country where you have to uh, remit funds internationally because I don't want to trigger any regulation talk here. But if you are a US business and you know you're going to have to send some of those funds abroad, if you receive a portion in crypto, then you can just keep it on crypto rails and you can use that for more cost-effective settlement internationally anyway. That's that's
4: correct. It's about efficiency. Like it's not necessarily even about the technology. Even before crypto, you had banking wire and you had e-money and you had credit card accounts. They weren't interconnected. So you could have a balance on your credit card account as a merchant you could have a balance on your e-money account and you could have a balance on your bank account and those three don't talk with each other you need to withdraw it into the other systems in order to make them accessible in the other systems so that concept is not new
1: the actual state of affairs still with most traditional financial networks is just that the the banks provide that sort of uh, aggregation and transfer service silently to provide a better customer experience right
4: Yeah, but you do have that for crypto too. You can convert tokens that you have in your wallet. You can easily convert it to your bank. That really depends in, in, to the region or the provider, the local providers. It's a very local problem to solve. Um, because crypto conversion to bank is, is something that is highly regulated and needs to be done by a local partner. Um, I also believe that's why we haven't seen a lot of global covering solutions for that yet, but I often, Uh, ask people to pay attention of what bills that they have they could eventually pay in crypto too often people don't pay attention and realize that actually crypto acceptance is increasing and increasing for example in Switzerland you can already do pay taxes in crypto and people just don't know about because they don't pay attention so if you have the opportunity to pay some of your bills in crypto it's easier to stay in that system because it's more efficient it doesn't matter which system that is and just move funds from A
0: to B. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. If you're looking for an all in one site speed optimization solution for you or your clients, and one that is trusted by over 100,000 sites, look no further than NitroPack. With easy setup and automatically run optimizations, such as advanced caching mechanism, image optimization stack, code minification and compression, critical CSS, and built-in CDN, your clients will be on their way to increased conversion rates, a better user experience, and an easy pass with their core web vitals. Want to learn more? Just head over to nitropack.io. WPY Security, the brand behind WP Activity Log, also has you covered with CAPTCHA for WP plugin. This slick integration with the Google reCAPTCHA gives your clients an easy way to add CAPTCHA checks to their shops on the Woo checkout, registration, and account pages. And as a bonus, you can select where you want to add that CAPTCHA on the checkout page. So I suggest you head over to WPWhiteSecurity.com and help your clients protect their woo shops from fake registrations and orders the right way. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show.
2: In my area, if I'm working with like contractors and stuff, Venmo is kind of the big tool that a lot of contractors are starting to use to get, you know, to take payment a little bit quicker. But I could see you know, a few years from now where that starts to evolve into more, even potentially accepting crypto, because again, like you can get around a lot of fees, <laughs> you know, there's, uh, you know, there's obviously there's reporting around taxes that needs to be done, but, um, you know, it's decentralized. So there, there's a lot of advantages there, I think. And it's a matter of, um, education. This really seems like there's a big educational component to this. I think anything in crypto, right. Cause if I'm a store owner, I know my products inside and out. I I probably know how to manage my store, but when it comes to accepting crypto, it's probably not something I'm familiar with. Maybe I've heard it, but I don't really know if I should do it or not do it. So I'm curious, like, how do you, what is the educational side of this? How are you like helping, obviously coming on podcasts like this helps, but like what kind of content and, and training and stuff are you putting out there to kind of get people to start thinking about this, to start deciding if it's right for them so they can get that information that they need to make those decisions?
4: I believe it's like a generational educational measure. So I don't believe that a single company or a single person could educate the masses on that technology. I think it just happens on their own. I, I just think it needs more time. Also, it's very similar. I, I, I believe it's very similar to the Internet where the, the minority understands how the Internet works or how a browser works or how email works. They just use it. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that the same is going to happen with crypto. Often people say that people need to be educated. I don't believe that's entirely true. Internet is just convenient. Internet is very convenient. If you want to send a message, use the internet because it's convenient. If you want to get information, use the internet because it's convenient. And crypto is coming more and more convenient. As Dave said, international cross-border remittance is a really good example. It's just more convenient. Also, conversion is more convenient because... With DeFi, you can literally convert anything to anything at almost no cost in real time without exposure to volatility. It's very convenient, too. Because even in the traditional finance system, conversion is something that we don't see shrinking simply because that's how technologies evolve. Once they get the majority of the funnel, then they can't shrink their fees anymore because in order to survive, they have to keep they rely on the income right they can't reduce the fees so i don't i don't believe that we are ever going to see international wire transfer fees vanishing that's not going to happen
2: yeah i mean you know on the other side of it too it's like if if i can accept whatever crypto right it doesn't matter and it shows up in my bank account as us dollars i'm happy cuz that's what i want right i want us dollars i don't really care what you paid as long as i get the dollars I'm expecting to get for that product or that service, right? In a sense, I mean, of course you care, but you, you know, as long as the money hits your account, you should be, you should be happy. So I wonder obviously with crypto um and really just investments in general being very down in the past year or so, um, does that give people pause to say, you know, all I hear about crypto is, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, has dropped whatever, you know, 80% of its value, even though we all know if you if you extend that timeline a little bit longer, it's way up, right? But At least in the last year, crypto and and it's not you know in a silo. Stocks and everything are down, but crypto's down, right? So I think a store owner question might be well: If crypto's down, how does that affect me if I'm selling, allowing people to pay with crypto, or does that affect me? You know, as an educational thing, they may not quite understand what that means. I'm curious how you how you respond to those type of questions, or if you even hear those type of questions. Maybe you don't.
4: Yeah, we do. We do. We get those questions a lot, but we're fortunate because. We started billing after they have been stable coins. So people are free to choose what they want what they want to receive, especially when they use Dpay. They can we have already merchants that prefer receiving native cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, just because they believe so much in in that, so that they want to receive Ethereum, or we also have obviously a lot of merchants that want to receive stable coins packed with dollar simply because they don't want to expose to the volatility they know that they can already, always redeem that one USDC to $1 and they can rely on it so we're fortunate and ultimately it's it's about freedom people can choose especially with that technology they can choose so they should choose whatever they prefer
3: now if i'm a woocommerce store owner and i'm seeing some advantages to offering crypto payments how do i get started with something like deepay
4: well, in dpay's case, it's very simple to set up because it's a non-custodial solution. You simply connect your wallet to the plugin at the admin section so that it enters your address. Uh, by connecting the wallet, you don't need to enter it manually because if you enter it manually, you could make a mistake. And then if you make a mistake, the funds might be sent to the wrong address. So once you connect the wallet, the plugin knows where the funds should arrive. And then you select which chains you want to support, and then you select which tokens on that chain you want to receive. So you can decide to to receive USDC on Ethereum, USDC on Polygon, for example, and then your customers can use whatever because it's converted automatically, and you always make sure that you receive what you have configured directly into your wallet.
3: Do you recommend that people be sort of selective about the things that they offer? Does it make the checkout process more complicated for the end user?
4: Actually, it's very counterintuitive. We see a lot of merchants configuring a lot of tokens. And the reason why that is not recommended is because during the checkout, it's going to compute all potential routes. And that makes it very slow to check out. So we actually recommend to choose as few tokens per blockchain as you can, because that speeds up the finding a conversion on the blockchain quicker. We actually planning to to make that part of the interface because that didn't come across yet.
3: Cool. I have Now, do. You have, how many merchants do you have using DPay and how's it going for them? Oh, we have
4: like hundreds of merchants uh, across multiple e-commerce systems. And I think we're already over 100 installs on WooCommerce by now.
3: That's amazing. That's really <laughs> exciting. And are they finding success with it and how are customers responding to it?
4: They find the setup really simple. There are still some child sicknesses as we like to call them in software engineering that we need to solve like the, this example where the checkup becomes slow because people configure hundreds of tokens and it's like it's, it's just not obvious so we need to educate people inside of the plugin to have them choose less tokens as a receivable. Because there's auto-conversion, you don't need to configure all the tokens. Because people often assume that they select the accepted tokens, but that's not true. We, you can convert anything. People don't get that fact yet.
1: Let's just dive into that one, because you've just like glossed over what I think is a really sophisticated bit of UX. So when you as a consumer, when, as a customer, go and try and check out on Deepay, the, because you're connecting your wallet, Deepay knows, or the Deepay service knows what tokens you've got On any particular chain in that wallet. And it's going to suggest the most cost effective token for you to pay from whatever it is that the merchant's chosen to receive. So if you're like, well, this is priced in ETH, but I've just got a bunch of USDC in my wallet, Uh, but I've also got like all this other random token stuff lying around maybe they're like a totally unexpected token is the most efficient way to get you to that merchant. And so Deepay does all of that, like it collapses all of this like complexity, like which tokens the merchant want to receive, which tokens are in the customer's wallet into like, here's, here's what we recommend. Like if you pay with this, it will be the cheapest route for you. So I didn't want that to like just just get uh, glossed over. It's
2: really cool.
3: Yeah, that's really neat. So it's actually helping you make some intelligent decisions about to, presenting those to the customer. Right. That this is going to be the best route for you. This is the way to go. So they don't have to make those decisions.
1: Finance, right? Like, oh, if you choose this route, we'll charge you the lowest fees that we possibly can. I mean, like that's just not a user experience that I'm used yeah. to. That's not happening. <laughs>
3: That's amazing. Now, that to me is like such a unique selling point here that that you can uh, that a merchant can actually offer a cost effective way for customers to make decisions without having to do much of the thinking themselves. That the plugin or the the logic there is actually going to help them make better financial decisions, and that's that's really amazing. And that's something that I think is really innovative here. That uh, WooCommerce site owners are going to want to really look at this, and and is going to provide such a better experience for the customers because that's what you know merchants are looking for so much is to be able to have friction-free checkout experiences to help customers make those decisions for them so they don't have like decision because making a purchase decision in and of itself can be something that causes decision fatigue and it's just like, okay, well, I'll do that later. And so then they put it off. And that's why we see so many like squeeze pages and you're not going anywhere else. So to have a crypto-based payment system that's actually doing that for people is is kind of amazing. So that's that to me is something that's really exciting and I think lends itself towards WooCommerce site owners actually making the decision to to really look at this because we're always looking for something that's that's going to help us make a make a better purchasing process for for our customers that takes away all of that friction. So that's really cool.
1: Can I can I just go like slightly I'm just going to go one level deeper quickly um, and talk about incentives, which are a really interesting way to think about incentives and the behaviours that we see in them. So, in traditional payments, uh, we see that there are fees that are stated, but we also see for those who are familiar with the industry, there are often additional monetization points. So, you will see payment processes making good markup on for, ex- for an exchange fees, for example. And so the payment processes aren't incentivized to give the merchant and the customer the best possible experience uh, from a holistic view. There are some cases, like uh, some parts of the experience, where they're extremely incentivized to make sure the payment is frictionless, that it's fast, that it's secure. But in other ways, like a little bit of murkiness and opacity is actually sort of in their favor, And that's one of the things that I like, prefer about the crypto ecosystem is because it's open, like you can't hide behind this sort of opacity. Everything just happens there. And so the businesses that I think do best are the ones that are just clear about where they're monetizing. They optimize for delivering value against those fees and it allows uh, incentives to align much more clearly between the consumer, the payment processor, and the merchant. And I think that just over time increments towards better outcomes for all participants. So sorry, that was just like dropping one level.
4: Totally agree with you on this one. It's like due to the fact that blockchains are typically an open ledger, when it comes to solutions, nobody can hide. And then eventually people are going to just stick with a solution that is doing stuff in their favor, that's, that's entirely correct. So what's next for DPay? What's next
2: for crypto? Like where's, you know, tell me about the next couple of years in your mind, Where, where, where we're headed here.
4: I already mentioned it earlier, like CBDCs, which is short for central bank digital currencies is like the attempt of central banks to tap into the blockchain ecosystem by actually bringing fiat currencies into the blockchain space. That's very interesting for us as a payment solution because if it's going to turn out that CBDCs are actually going to get onto blockchains, then they're going to be immediately available with our solution, which is something that we, we can't wait happening because that would be so huge, for the, not only for the entire space, but also for us as a payment solution and for people in general. Um, so we're really looking forward to how those things are progressing. But what we also, especially right now, see being mentioned a lot in the space is identity. And the reason why it's important, especially in the context of payments, is because trust. Typically, trust is a lot about repetition. Like, you don't question your door. Like, you don't question. When you use it, you don't question, is it going to open? Because you use it so much. You don't question it. It's like you just use it. And repetition has a lot to do with trust. But in the internet, especially with with merchants and when you run your own store, when your customer makes your first purchase, he's not trusting you yet because there's no repetition. And identity, something that we see a lot of solutions have or teams working on that problem right now, could give you additional information to who you're going to transact with entirely on chain. So that's also what well, we're looking forward to improve in the future because it can have such a positive impact on crypto payments too.
2: Very cool. Very cool. I mean, I think the future is bright with crypto. Um, it's very, uh, it, it's, it's fun. I, I really enjoy these episodes because we're kind of digging into different tools and services, many that I'm not uh, that familiar with. So it's been fun to kind of learn and see, you know, the, the the options out there for store owners and builders and creators and and WooCommerce specifically, which is what we talk about on this show, but for any store owner, right, to start thinking about how crypto might, you know, shape the future of their uh, of their payments. Um, again, you always, you know, the bottom line is if you're selling things online, you want to make it as easy as possible for people to pay you. <laughs> you know, it, get rid of the distractions, or just buy the product or buy the service, and and away we go, right? So. Love seeing these uh, these options. Love the the ease of use to integrate something like this, especially for the non-techie. Um, you know, this is something any store owner could integrate if they want to. Set up a wallet and away you go, you know? So um, it's going to be fun to see it grow.
1: I'm going to slip a little prediction in as well, if I may. Mm. So at the moment, we've got this sort of clear divide between this is a website and this is an e-commerce site. This is a store and... Some of that is based off the user experience you need. Like I want to order nine of these things and ship them to this address. As we see newer generations coming through with discretionary spending uh, to whom the digital environment is actually just as real and just as important as other ones. And I think this, you know, this speaks to my grander thesis around augmented reality and like just the general trend of digital becoming more important. But we'll see that with younger generations. I think the idea of e-commerce starts unbundling a little bit. So you will have that traditional store-like interface, but you're also going to have much more streamlined experiences where it's just like, I'm on this page. I want to unlock this thing because it's on chain. I can do that. I'm connected with my wallet. I can send a payment. I've unlocked that content. I don't need to go through a whole cart checkout experience. Like I'm not going to unlock this nine times. It doesn't need shipping anywhere. You don't need my billing address. So you can suddenly insert transactions in commerce in many more experiences and in more seamless ways than like heading, heading down that, shopping cart conversion funnel so i'm really watching for those sorts of signals as well where people look at transacting and exchanging value in more creative ways yeah it it is
2: generationally right um and you know i'm looking forward to seeing you know when when my son is my age what this world looks like you know um especially on crypto and online payments and you know, I think it's we're all very optimistic on it and we can kind of see the future of what this could could potentially do and probably will do. Um, and I'm sure there's things we can't predict that it's going to do that. We have no idea until it happens. Right. But it's it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. So last question for me anyway, Sebastian, I'm curious as as a developer, where did you learn to actually work on, you know, blockchain uh, technology just kind of dig into like YouTube videos and just kind of jump into some discords and I'm just curious how you got into actually developing you know on the blockchain for anyone that might be interested on the dev side of it.
4: you just get your you just need to get your hands dirty. It's similar to internet tech uh, where typically schools and universities are decades behind. Uh, if you actually want to get knowledge for building stuff at the bleeding edge. You just need to get your hands dirty. Um, it helps when you have an industry already established. Like I mentioned the DeFi summer and how protocols have already established and they all usually also establish best practice. And since the time where open source was the main ethos for writing software, WooCommerce is also big and open source. That's why it's worth mentioning here is that allows developers to look how... Others have solved the same problem. Really good example is that the only reason why Deepay was so quick in being able to build a WooCommerce plugin is because all the payment plugins are open source. You just look at them. You just look at how others are building them. And then evolution or creation cre- happens so, can happen so much faster. Yeah, I love that. And it's very similar to what we see happen on blockchains: It says everything is open or a lot at least. And that helps innovating so much quicker. So just need, just look at the stuff that has been built and it is being built and you learn from it. You got
2: the whole manual right there, right in the code. Uh, that's what I recommend a lot of people as they get into WordPress development is yeah, exactly. open, open the core files, you know, start poking around. Don't change things, but it's a great way to start really learning what's happening under the hood of WordPress and start getting real familiar with how to develop on it. So, and I love that. Look at what other people are doing. I mean, I learned to build WordPress plugins by opening up Hello Dolly. You know, fifteen years ago, and and changing the lyrics of Hello Dolly to something else, saving it, and wow, I made you know I made my own plugin, right? Like that's how a lot of us learn. So, yeah, get in there, poke around, look what other people are doing, and learn from it. I love it,
4: and learn from your, from yourself and your own own mistakes, like try and errors. Like you try it, doesn't work. You try it again, it still doesn't work. You sleep over it. All of a sudden, it, it works, and you didn't do
2: anything. 100%. Walk away when you get stuck, and it'll usually come back to you, right?
1: That's how I described my, uh, my my journey into development was uh, brute, brute force programming. <laughs> just keep trying it till it works.
2: Yeah, you know, there's an element to that for sure, to start begging your head. And then when it works and you don't know why, you're like, I'm a genius. <laughs> I fixed it, but cool uh well uh sebastian definitely appreciate you coming on it's been a lot of fun um so obviously dpay.com is where ever, anyone can go learn about the product and service where can people find you online if somebody wanted to reach out and talk to you a little bit more about this where's the best place to, to reach you i think twitter it's uh i'm on twitter what's your twitter handles so people can find you it's it's 10x sebastian
4: xsebastian
2: sebastian awesome and of course uh, you got dpay on twitter as well so um awesome kathy dave anything else before we wrap up here
3: no, I'm very excited to see more merchants giving this a go, just experimenting with it, trying it out, seeing how uh, their customers respond to it. Um, so much of web development and so much of, of what has happened actually with blockchain has been experimenting and trying new things. And uh, I think just being innovators in the space, it's so great to to see everything that you're doing, Sebastian, and excited to see what's happening here.
2: Can't wait to see what you come up with the next hackathon. <laughs> oh, I solved world hunger. Yeah,
0: seriously.
4: No,
2: this is- <laughs> in a month. <laughs> but it was a month. It wasn't a weekend, it was a month. Yeah, great job, Sebastian. Really cool seeing what you're doing over there. Congrats with all the uh, uh, success. And if anyone's out there using Deepay, you know, reach out to Bob. We'd love to hear how you're using it. Maybe to, uh, mention it on the show. People could check out uh, and kind of see it in real world. And I know you have some examples on the website too, people can check out and play with. So. Uh, But yeah, congrats. Really, uh, really cool product. Uh, Check it out over at dpay.com. And for Do the Woo, I'm Brad Williams, and uh, we'll catch you on the next show.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends, NitroPack.io, for a powerful optimized performance solution for your clients' WooCommerce sites. And Captcha for WP plugin, a great solution for easily integrating Google Captcha for added security on your clients' WooCommerce sites at wpwhitesecurity.com. Make sure and keep up to date with our episodes with my favorite open source podcatcher, Pocket Cast, or your own app preference. No matter how you listen, until the next time, keep on doing the Woo.